Listening to the Oz TV podcast only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you today for a very special surprise episode. I want to say a surprise episode because generally when it comes to our Survivor episodes, we always tease them, we always announce them, so to speak, so we can get some listener questions in, get some fan interaction. But we wanted to do something a little bit different with this one and kind of just drop it on you without any warning. Go, hey guys, surprise, here's an interview for you that perhaps you weren't expecting. We're speaking today with a very good friend of the program, Ethan Zahn, of course, winner of Survivor Africa, recently seen on Survivor Winners at War. And you'll hear me briefly explain this in the introduction with Ethan, that this was not a plan of ours to, I guess, go into interviews with players from this season. It's just, we're sort of obviously not entirely all on Survivor like we used to be, so we kind of spread out the coverage a little bit. But this opportunity sort of presented itself and really wanted to get Ethan back on the show because he's a good friend of the program. We've had him on plenty of times over the years and his story and and time on the show is obviously very unique and just... Just a great guy. Any opportunity you've got to chat with Ethan, you're going to say yes. You're going to get him on the show and we're going to bring you an interview with him. So this is a great chat we have with Ethan about his time on Winners at War. And, of course, speaking a little bit outside of the game, his great new T-shirt initiative that he's got, the Log Challenge initiative that he's recently gone through too. And I guess really just learning a little bit more about coming from that old school of Survivor into new school Survivor. So without further ado, our fantastic chat with Survivor Winners at War contestant, Survivor Hall of Famer and Survivor all-around good guy, Mr. Ethan Zahn. We weren't really planning on doing interviews post-Survivor Winners at War with the cast members. Of course, back in the Survivor Oz days, we would immediately be on to the social media, would be messaging everyone, hey guys, come on the show, we want to learn all about your season. But it's been a while since we've done that. But when it comes to our next guest today, we wanted to do it with our next guest because he's a good friend of the show, has appeared on many times in the past on both Survivor Oz and the Oz Network. And such a great story to be able to come back, play for a third time on Survivor and then give us a fantastic time watching him on season 40 of Winners at War. I do, of course, speak of the winner of Survivor Africa, contestant on Survivor All-Star, Survivor Winners at War, Survivor Hall of Famer, the one, the only, Mr. Ethan Zahn. Ethan, mate, welcome back to the show. Wow, what a fantastic introduction. I'm so psyched to be back here with you guys and the entire Oz Network. It feel like it's been forever. It does. It's been too long. It, yeah, it has been quite some time, actually, I think, uh, since we've had you on. And in that time that we haven't had you on, you, you've just happened to play Survivor again, Ethan. I, I remember the very first time I ever spoke to you that was that was brought up to you, you know, would you come back and sort of you, you mentioned you'd love to. It obviously was very health dependent, things like that. So it made me so happy when your name was on that list to come back on, on season 40. And if it made me happy, I can't imagine it didn't make you incredibly <laughs> happy that you got the green tick, you were allowed to go out there and there you were playing for a third time. That must have been a great feeling. Really great feeling. If you ask me that question, here, ask me that question again. Okay. How did you feel? How were you feeling when you got that? No, no. Ask me the question, would you want to play again? Oh, would you want to play again, Ethan? No fucking way will I ever play that game again. <laughs> okay, let's move on. PTSD is still happening right now. Oh, my God. It's happening right now. It's raining out and where I am right now in New Hampshire, and I instantly just thought I'm back uh, on the island trying to survive the edge of extinction. Did you all of a sudden when you were out there going, why did I ever want to come back out here again? This is, this is crazy. 
<laughs> well, in fact, I mean, it's funny you say that. Yes and no. Like but when I played Survivor Africa, that was a great experience. And then when they brought me back to play Survivor All-Stars and I landed on that beach, I had that exact feeling. Like, why am I out here again? This is horrible. I'm a winner. They're going to just vote me off right away. You kind of you only remember the good parts of like a, a torturous situation, if that sounds if that sounds remotely like, you know, uh, understandable. But when there was so much time had passed between all stars and this time, I kind of forgot about how bad it really was. And so I was ex actually excited to come play again. And when I got there on the beach, I was fine. I had prepared. I felt ready. Everything was good to go. So in that sense, I didn't have any like, you know, you know, uh, tra traumatic flashbacks, I guess you could say. Which is very interesting because Africa is regarded as maybe one of, if not the toughest season of all time. I mean, you guys were sort of just confined to a tiny little space. You weren't near a beautiful body of water. You you guys were really in the thick of, uh, you know, some tough conditions there. So it's kind of unique to hear that, that particularly with All-Stars, you know, I mean, you're on a tropical beach. I, at that time, it's sort of like, well, at least there's water, right? At least there's some sand. <laughs> at least it's just not having somebody with a gun guarding me from a lion attack every 12 hours. Yes, I mean the all. Yes, Africa was tough all around. I, I agree. I think it was one of the most difficult seasons. Uh, and then All Stars was tough too, man. Like you know, we don't get enough credit for All Stars in the sense that you know the environment it, it rained the, the whole time. Uh, there's sand fleas. You know, the water situation was better, but not great. You still have to boil it. Now you get out there, they, you don't have to boil your water, and they give you a well, which is absolutely awesome. Because uh, it just erases the fear of not being having enough water to drink, and um, but the edge of extinction this season reminded me a lot of Africa, to be honest, in the sense of the torture and the food situation and the environmental impact of the location reminded me a lot of Africa. I, I, for one, give you credit for all. all Stars is my favorite season of all time, Ethan. I'm in the very slim wow. minority who loves the All Stars season. And I know I've talked to you a little bit before giving you credit for that game. So I, for one, absolutely love that season. But <laughs> you, you and Amber broke the record this season of the longest time between playing from your last season to this one. So 32 seasons. I think Kelly Wigglesworth held that record prior to that. So, I mean, do you get to a point where you really genuinely think, am I ever going to get a chance to play this game again? Am I get at that point now? At that point, like, like before you got this call up, were you thinking like, I'm never going to get a chance to come back again? Or do you always have that hope? I always had an idea that they were going to do something big. They just had to. There had to be a point where there's going to be an all-winner season or an all-something season that I would probably get asked back to. However... My whole thing was less about am I going to get asked back to play, but am I going to be healthy enough for if they do call me to play that I can actually go play. <laughs> so that was more of my concern for the past 10 years since I got you know done with the whole cancer thing. So they called me. Well, they didn't call me, but I was definitely available um, as an option to play Heroes and Villains, but I was sick at the time. But my girlfriend at the time, her name was Jenna Maraska, who was on Survivor as well. I think, you know, she I think I've the, heard of her, maybe. You might have heard of her. Yeah. Uh, we're not together anymore. I'm married, happily married now. But um, she got the call. So, like, we knew we were kind of in the mix. So, like, in the back of my head from that moment, I knew, okay, well, I'm still in the pool. And uh, if they do do this big thing, which I hope they do at some point, maybe they'll call me back. Um, 
you know, I missed second chances. Obviously, that was a returning season. And uh, I think what I don't know some of the other seasons. But this was the first time I really felt ready to actually make a go at it, you know, mentally ready, physically ready spiritually ready i had to be you have to be in a place you don't just say yes to survive i mean some people might just say yes to survivor but myself like i couldn't just say yes when i'm just not there altogether like so uh, i was struggling through some stuff and then i finally got to a point where it's okay to go to play and i'm just good timing and how many tests did you have to go through to like give you the 100 percent all clear or you really just in a point where you didn't have to say maybe do the amount of tests that you did when you got the call up potentially for heroes versus villains well, yeah, I, I had to do it all. You know, I had to get everything. I had to get a, you know, all the tests you would get to see if there's any cancer in my body. Plus, you know, there's mandatory tests you get from Survivor that you have to do, like a car, you know, check your heart and just normal checkups. But for me, there's just an added few layers onto that um, in terms of getting a PET scan and meeting with my oncologists. And, you know, I got some stuff going on in, in my body that other people probably don't have going on. So we just had to make sure that I was okay to be deserted on a, a stranded island, although I didn't expect that. And so when I got, it was funny, when I got back and my doc, my oncologist saw, he's like, when you said you weren't going to be eating and sleeping, and it's going to be tough conditions. I never thought it would, he didn't watch Survivor, so he didn't really know. He's like, you, you, I didn't thought it would be that bad. <laughs> so um, the good news is like, you can't give yourself cancer. That's, you know, unless you're doing stuff like smoking 10 packs of cigarettes a day and just doing stupid stuff. But you can't give yourself cancer. And I kept having to remind myself that over and over and over again when I was out there. It, it was a great, as I mentioned before, it was a great to kind of see your name on that list when, when the cast was initially released because obviously conversation has happened in the last 12 months about, oh, this person missed out, this person should have been on there. But I think most people, everyone, let's be honest, was very happy to see your name on there, particularly because... Africa, your original season, still only has yourself, Tom, and Lex having returned from it. We got so close to having T-Bird come back on Second Chances, robbed of not coming back. So mm-hmm. it, it really does seem like a, a season that surprisingly has never, they've really never really dug back into because there's still some great people from Africa that have never had a chance to come back and play again. Definitely. You know, T-Bird's one of them. I'd say Kelly Goldsmith is one Absolutely. of them. I think she'd be a, a great returning player. Uh, those are the two on top of my mind, you know, obviously Lex and Tom got to play again an all-star and, uh, you know, if they do a third chance, then obviously they'd be good, good characters as well to bring back. But, uh, you know, I think Kelly and T-Bird are the leading if they do something returning season wise. And I know you, you're still very close with, with Lex and Tom and obviously T-Bird as well. And I mean, do, do you let them know or do you just kind of wait and then kind of they give you some words of encouragement kind of because it's tight family, obviously. So you're obviously excited to share that. I didn't let anyone know. Nobody. Wow. I let anyone know. I was so, I'm so bad at lying. Like I couldn't even <laughs> talk to Lex and Tom because I knew they knew there's something going on, but I didn't want to be in a position where I had to lie to them to their face because they tell you like you can't tell anyone, mm-hmm. which in hindsight, I wish I didn't follow because from the time when I played back in the day, and you may hear me say that a couple of times, back in the day. That's why we're both wearing the we old school to... Survivor t-shirts, Ethan. Exactly. That talk man. about them, of course. <laughs> yeah. You know, like back in the day when we had to walk to tribal council uphill both ways in the snow that's what it was like when we played old school survivor everyone now you take boats and buses it's just a piece of it's club med out there but um no back in the day like when you signed on to the show it was like you signed your life away you didn't talk about it you didn't tell anyone even for survivor all-stars no like 
no one, I didn't talk to anyone about it. There was no such thing as what they call a pregame alliance. Didn't exist. Nowadays, it completely exists. So when they told, when I signed on, signed the dotted line, this sign saying I'm going, and they said, don't tell anyone, don't let anyone you know, don't talk to anyone, we can't, this is a top secret. I'm like, okay, I won't tell anyone. Meanwhile, everyone is talking to each other behind the scenes, except the old schoolers. So you saw what happened, like me, Danny, Rob, Amber, Parvati, Sandra, Tyson, Yule, that's who got voted off first. We didn't have any pregame alliance. You all had a bunch of pregame alliances, but we had nothing, nothing. I didn't even know it was a thing. And so wow. that was very frustrating. So anyone who's going to play Survivor again, I highly encourage you to track down the people that are playing, find them and make some pregame alliances. And the thing too that I can imagine adds an extra element to it when you say you can't tell anyone the fans all knew. The cast was basically leaked in like June last year. So we were doing episodes on this, talking about how great this cast is. And you're not officially announced till what, February. So that must make it even harder. It does, you know, but in my mind, okay, well, they got a contract with a $5 million like breach of contract. There's no way I'm going to talk to anyone. Um, that's just the, the old school mentality. And even so, like, in obviously, would it have helped me or not? I don't know, maybe, maybe not. It's, it's so hard to say. But for me, like, I didn't necessarily want a pregame alliance because I didn't want to lock myself into a situation I couldn't get out of, in theory, where it kind of, your pregames dr drove your decision making. Like, I, I, I wanted to be able to play in the moment at that moment because I feel that's a huge part of Survivor is to be able to adapt to the circumstances, you know, um, and roll with what's going on. But it would have been nice to have a little bit of a cushion, you know, knowing that I had a little bit of trust with some of the other players before the game started. That's a huge help. It would have got me to the merge, I think. When you got out there and you saw who you were playing with, or I mean, I guess even in the lead up, you you know, I'm sure you're seeing a few of these guys on the plane and kind of before you, you're out there standing in front of Jeff Propes. But out of the ones that you saw, particularly with those old schoolers that you were mentioning, were, were there any one of those that you'd sort of at least loosely kept in touch with or even, you know, maybe kept in regular touch with? And so you thought, okay, cool, I hope I'm on a tribe with them because I know them, they know me, we will be golden. Yes, definitely. Uh, Parvati. Parvati was, uh, she's a very good friend of mine outside of the game of Survivor. She was at my wedding. Um, so anyone that was doing research leading up to this would have seen that, which is fine. I can't avoid that. Um, but no one else. Literally, I, I didn't talk to Rob since All Stars. You know, I, met, I saw him again for the first time after 16 years on the show. Not for the first time, but we didn't stay in touch. But that was the only person uh, was Parvati. Um, I met some of the other players for sure back in the day. Back in the day. Um, and uh, been in touch with Adam over the years just since his win because of the cancer connection and the Jewish connection. And um, but no strategy, no pregames, no nothing. I wish I had, to be honest. That Rob relationship fascinated me, particularly when you're in the same <laughs> tribe, because all stars. I just remember Rob like being an absolute dick to you. Like he was just he he was he was going for He's blood a dick to everyone, man. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> I, it hasn't changed much. But like, I was actually I remember talking about that in the recaps, going like, if you had told me that Rob and Ethan would be working together after what I saw on All Stars, <laughs> I wouldn't have believed you. But I mean, did you kind of have that mentality, thinking like, well, I mean, has he changed? Will he kind of be a bit against me, or did that surprise you that you ended up working with him? It did surprise me a little bit um, because, you know, you it's it wasn't like, is he going to be nice to you or not? It was a friendly, competitive type of 
uh, ribbing of each other that we did. You know, we just we're we're both athletes. We both like to talk shit. We just like to like you know get in each other's heads when you're playing a game, and that's what we were doing on All Stars. So I think it was a little bit of that. You know, obviously I'm the the better looking original <laughs> winner from Boston, so I'm sure that Absolutely. pissed him off as well. Yeah. Of course, right? Yeah. Um, and it took him four, or five, six times to play before he won. <laughs> it only took me once. Like I continually remind him of that, and so I'm I'm, I'm open with that with him. Uh, but no, so for me. I had a strategy going into it where I knew I wanted to align with someone who was a much bigger threat, much bigger, you know, attention seeker, like to be in that leadership situation, similar strategy I had in Africa. Like going into this game, my mentality was people know me, they know my story, but they don't remember how I played the game. And not only do not remember how I played the game, they don't remember how... There's no way to even know how I would play in a new game of Survivor with clues, idols, currency, ways to get back in the game. So I thought my advantage would be this just general lack of understanding of me. You know, they know I'm a nice guy, I'm a charity, I had cancer, blah, blah, blah. But like game-wise, they didn't hopefully wouldn't remember. So I wanted to align with someone in the old school world who was a meat shield, if you want to call it that, and then someone in the new school world where I could, you know, dip my toe in and get a little you know, a little uh, insight on what it's like to play in the new school. So it was Rob in poverty in the old school, and it was Adam in the new school. And I thought it was a great scenario for me to be in the middle of the, this 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 quad. Um, and it didn't work out. <laughs> it, it definitely didn't work out in my favor. Uh, you know, it was these these millennials that are very impatient and like to make big moves and build the resume uh, like an Adam. And um, you know, it just was frustrating. Frustrating. Uh, on how it all went down for me, which specifically, as a fan of like, I mean, I've been watching since day one, and I I hate this terminology of survivor resume. I hate it. I just I don't. I do too. I think it's it's bullshit. I like you won the game without a so called survivor resume. So why is this a thing that apparently everybody thinks you need? And are you there? Like, I mean, obviously you sort of had a brief relationship with Adam. You sort of admit him, but. How is that when you're playing that game and you're probably internally so frustrated yet you can't really speak out because that would damage your game? I mean, that must be an interesting conflict to have. It is an interesting conflict because it's just it's different strategies and mentalities on how you play the game. He's coming at it with a completely different, you know, I'm in the, the sense where like if you're not in the game, obviously you you can't make moves and you can't play. So he's you know, from my experience working with Adam and some of the other players, they were planning for day 39 on day two, three, four, which for me was just too far in advance. Like you got to focus on maybe one or two moves in front of you in my mind. And they were just planning way far in advance. And so therefore making moves that I think were a little bit too early, you know, I mean, when Adam came to me saying, I want to vote off poverty, I was shocked one that he was telling me because he knew poverty is my number one and two like this is way too early for this mood i'd be open to it later in the game let's like let's sit on this for a bit but like it just got back to that thing like you wanted to be the giant killer you know you want to uh make those big moves and uh yeah it was just, just frustrating frustrating because you can't convince anyone anything because everyone's got to play their own game and i understand that so and is it a case too, like, because, I mean, it really was this old school, new school thing that sort of developed, but the new schoolers severely outnumbered the old schoolers. And 
I mean, do you think that kind of contributed to maybe had they, they balanced it out a little bit? Maybe we'd gotten a Tina or a, a Hatch out there, or a Brian, a Sepia, like, you know, kind of balance it out a little bit more with people who are going to be playing similar. That, that would have given yourself and Parvati and Rob better chances moving forward? I think so. You know, I, I don't think it's a... I don't think everyone agrees with that. Uh, I, I feel the, the other players, the new schoolers, didn't necessarily gang up. They, they feel they didn't gang up on the old schools. It just happened to work out that way. I don't know if that's true or not. It seems like the new schoolers were working together before the game started, and therefore it was just easy to target the old schoolers, but we'll never know. Similar to like what happened in the All-Stars, you know, the first All-Stars, they just ganged up on the winners. Uh, but it, I don't know. I don't know what the reason was, if it just worked out that way, or there was this perceived threat, you know, that the old schoolers were better players. I don't think we are better players than these guys. Obviously, we're not, because we all got sent to the edge first. It just was a, I don't know. I have no idea why it worked out that way. And, uh, you know, early on in the game, you're just looking for any avenue to not get voted out. And I think it was an easy way to create something. But, yeah, we were outnumbered. I think it was seven old schoolers, 13 new schoolers. Tribes were unbalanced. What would happen if there was a tribe of old schoolers and there's a tribe of new schoolers? What would have happened then? You know, that would have been interesting to look at. Which is, is and, sort of on All-Stars, it was kind of that talk, wasn't there, that initially they were going to put all the winners on one tribe as well. So you kind of you had these two seasons that you've returned on where, as you said, you, you've kind of got this automatic target on your back that, you know, the what-if scenario, put all the old schoolers on one tribe, put all the winners on one tribe, you, you're going to have a different game. Yeah. And I, I, uh, I personally believe, and a lot of people don't agree with me, that Survivor is a game that's designed for strangers. That's how I generally see the game working best because as a stranger, you can come in there and create any personality that you want to be to try to get ahead in the game. And you don't necessarily, you know, have these connections to people outside the game. I don't think it's better or worse when there's returning seasons. It's obviously incredible for the fans. It just adds another layer of complexity, which makes the game more exciting. I totally agree. Like Sandra believes that returning seasons are the best you know um which is interesting uh because as a player it's a lot more difficult maybe that's why and it just you got to be a better player to get to the end if there's if everyone knows everyone in their backstory but look what happened in this season was really interesting where yule weaponized information that was found outside the game brought it into the game with this poker alliance to get someone voted off like that's just a whole new style of play yeah right and then now, now everyone's probably fearful of showing up at these like charity events because, you know, you got to watch yourself now because people are watching. And if you happen to get back in the game, they're going to use what they figured out at Hearts of Reality and Reality Rally and all these charity events, poker tournaments. Like, be careful, watch your back because people are collecting information to be used against you when you get back in the game. Which, I mean, there are some, I mean, Sandra loves Sandra to bits. She, she's always one talking. Like, the, the conversations that she has with you guys outside of this, she's always playing this game. Isn't she? I don't believe that she's never going to come back again. Come on, Sandra, she'll still play this game to the day she dies. I know, she loves it. She loves it. Well, she says she hates the game of Survivor. Um, in the survival aspect of it, but she's really good at it, obviously, and she does play a good game. And um, so, yeah, I would. It would be great to see her back again. Great to be see any of those people back. I think a lot of the old schoolers said this was their last 
last chance, but give us a year or two, and then I think that changes. I, I've heard Robin Parvati <laughs> adamantly say uh, for <laughs> years, we will never play this game again. This is it. I'm retired, and here they were on our screens again. Uh, I mean, w- was there anyone that you were really surprised when you got out on that beach that, that you didn't see playing? That I didn't see? Uh, the, the Hatches and the t- Tina Hatch, I was surprised not to see them. There was uh, – and that would probably be it. You know, yeah, that would probably be it. Yeah, they, they're the, the two, I think, that most people are, are very much, uh, you know, upset that, that weren't on there. Um, it was, yeah, particularly Hatch. I mean, I think kind of, I always say going into this, there were four guarantees that I think all winner season should have had, and that's Sandra, that's Parvati, um, that's uh, Richard, and um, that's Rob. Uh, gee, how did I yeah. get Boston Rob, Ethan? What's going on there? He's he's going to hunt he's me down. Yeah, no, yeah. Who who is that guy? So it was a bit of a shock to have that there. But now maybe that that uh, so called uh, Mount Rushmore of Survivor players, of course, might have a certain Tony Vlachos on there, two time yeah. winner. History. What was your take on Tony going into this game and then out of this game? Because Tony is a guy that. Still to this day baffles me he won once, let alone twice. I mean, this is a guy who plays such a unique game that somehow he's a two-time winner. I mean, what is your take on Tony? Yeah, I was super impressed with Tony, man. He, What impressed me most is that every single person that came to the edge loved him and thought he was playing a great game and supported him. And, like, it's really hard to be in that situation and vote people off and be – responsible for voting them off and still have them like you, you know? So that was the one thing I knew like, okay, he's doing something right, this guy. And, um, but that was my thing is every single piece of information I knew about Tony was from what I saw at tribal council and what people told me when they got to the edge of extinction. I never met Tony, never shook his hand, never smiled to him, never talked to him, never did anything. And so like I had to base my decision on, what I was hearing from other people and what I saw. And like, you know, I don't understand what's going on on the day to day basis of the game when I'm only seeing him at tribal council and what he's sharing, what Probst is asking him. So when it got down for me to the final vote, I I struggled. I really struggled with that decision because as an old school player, like I am all about the game. Like I respect the game. I value the game. I like the original old school style of play of the game. And The whole point of Survivor is not to get voted off and to vote people off. (laughs) And that's pretty much the game. And uh, Natalie didn't have that opportunity. She got voted off first and maybe she was in the game for three days, uh, four days and like had she voted a couple people off. Right. So like when I got down to it, I just struggled because I felt Tony was a deserved winner because of the gameplay. But then again, Natalie crushed the edge. She destroyed me. She destroyed everyone else out there. She was this, this, uh, she broke out of jail, you know, she broke out of jail and she got (laughs) free and she's back in the game and she validated my experience on the edge of extinction. And so I'm the type of guy who plays a little bit with my heart, probably more with my heart than with my mind. And so when I got up there to the vote, I was literally until that second, I was like, Tony, Natalie, Tony, Natalie. And I went with Natalie because it was just, it just was, I, I voted with my heart and at that moment. And I knew other people were voting for Tony and he probably had a majority of the votes at that moment. And if you want to look at the grand scheme of the show, and I'm just, you know, I'm just brainstorming here and making it a fun conversation right now. But if you're looking for the perfect winner, 
for this current season with the rules of this season, meaning the edge of extinction, maybe you got to vote for someone who's experienced the full magnitude of Survivor. So does the deserved winner have to be someone who played in the real game, played in the edge of extinction, and then got back in to win? That Tony never got to the edge. He never experienced the edge. He doesn't know what it's like. He didn't survive the edge. He only survived the game. Granted, the the real game's a lot more difficult and, and like ten times more difficult than the edge because, you know, there's the day to day stress and anxiety of playing thirty nine days of Survivor versus the edge, which it's a little lax and it's more jury management and and starvation and, and torture, but it's just a different different philosophy looking into it. And it's all those layers too, like. It's a great point you make about how you never met Tony, you never played with him, and yet that's the unique thing about an edge season where the jury is so big. I mean, literally everyone voted out except for Sandra who left was on the jury. So you're going to have players who didn't play with Tony uh, or Natalie. So that that adds that that extra layer because you wouldn't have uh, – I mean, you obviously didn't make the jury in All-Stars and you won on Africa so you've never experienced a jury before. But, um, yeah, it's it's a unique little situation that you guys faced. Not only that is back in the day, not that I was on the jury, just hearing you know anecdotal stories from people who were. But they segregated us, yeah, uh, and separated us. We weren't allowed to talk or influence other people's decisions when we were on the jury. And now that's completely different because people are camp- on the edge of extinction. You're campaigning for people that are still in the game. And even when we got to Ponderosa, there were lots of discussions when we got down to the final three of who people wanted to vote for, and some people were lobbying for other people. Whether because they liked them or they just felt they, you know, so like you're having these conversations where people are still playing the game at Ponderosa trying to get people to vote for Michelle or Natalie or for Tony. And that's different because before people were separated and that's like jury tampering, right? So I don't know, you know, so that's another really interesting aspect of the game that hasn't been around forever very much so very much so and i mean i for one am an advocate of bringing back the segregation i i think that i mean you always had a close vote when you guys were segregated whereas nowadays i mean besides a tie a couple of years ago on ghost island we, we just don't have close votes anymore a couple of things ethan before we let you go yeah. you mentioned you mentioned jenna before one thing I was actually very surprised is that they didn't put Jenna on this season to have sort of you two sort of like, hey, you know, because, I mean, there was a storyline with, like, Michelle and Wendell and kind of, you know, they like a little <laughs> thing like that. I, for one, would have loved that. Like, these two were Survivor's glamour couple for 10 years and now they're not together. How will they play together? Were you surprised not to see Jenna there and kind of have that little potential conflict going on between you two? Um, I don't think I would have been as likely to say yes you know, right. if, if we had had this that type of scenario out there, just because I want to go in a little bit clean in terms of my relationships with other people, and that would have clouded my game in a major way, and probably her game as well. And so I thought it was in the best interest of both of us. I don't know. I don't even know. I don't stay in touch with Jenna that often. We text every now and then, um, and you know, we're, we're, we're friendly, but it's not like. Uh, we're as friendly as we were before when we were dating. So I don't know. I don't know if they asked her. I don't know if they reached out to her and if she said no or if they just didn't ask her. But I personally am happy she wasn't out there <laughs> because uh, because uh, it would have ruined. Like, I don't know how I, I would have played against that. Right? If there's some like long term, like uh, you know, uh, I don't know if we would want to try to get each other off just because of past relationships you know because the wendell uh michelle thing didn't go so well you know no. that didn't work out that well but that's a great idea for a theme you know let's do a uh an ex-couples uh survivor you know yeah. the only thing the only way i think um 
as a fan, I hate the edge of extinction. I don't think it's great. As a contestant, I love it because I was still in the game. Um, but I think the edge of extinction situation would look and work really well if there was a blood versus water situation again, right? So everyone's playing, one of your players gets voted to the edge. Now at least you have something real to play for, someone you care about, someone you want to help, and someone you want to lift up back in the main game. I would have busted my ass even more to win fire tokens if I knew I could send it to a loved one or boyfriend, girlfriend, sister in the main game. Um, so I think it could that format could work really well. Uh, edge of extinction, yeah. blood versus water. Well, we had Redemption Island on the very first Blood Vs. Well, I mean, Redemption Island is similar yet different to, of course, Edge of Extinction. But yeah, that would have been a unique sort of aspect. I mean, yeah. the very first Blood versus Water was famous for that, with like basically Rupert sacrificing himself as soon as Laura got voted out, wasn't it? So you would, I, I would yep. assume, you would have very similar things like that, actually. So yeah, it'd be that, like Hunger Games, where you can send stuff, you know, you know, food yeah. and stuff to your to your cohort in the in the. Game and depending on the family it. members, though, you might be the complete opposite, though, Ethan. You're like, God, fuck, I need to get off this <laughs> island. Just go away. Like, aren't you quitting already? Like, why am I out here with you? Yeah, I mean, outside of, of the game, I mean, you're wearing the old school Survivor T-shirt. Well, the old school reality T-shirt, I should say. I'm wearing the old school Survivor shirt. You've shipped these off to, you know, the former winners. I mean, you mentioned, talking about Jenna, she was a great photo of her wearing one. You've got, I think, all the first at least 15 winners, I think, even wearing, maybe even more than that. Um, we have 18 I- of the 20 winners. 18 of the – wow, there you go. How, yeah. Was this an idea that kind of came to you out there on the edge? Was this something that you kind of always planned? How did this great T-shirt idea come up? Well, to be honest, uh, I made these old-school Survivor T-shirts five years ago when I hit five years in remission from a lymphoma. So, you know, like in the cancer world, when you hit five years, it's a really good number. And like now all of a sudden, oh, I'm an old school survivor, cancer survivor. So I just made those to celebrate myself <laughs> back in the day. And then when the show came around and I, you know, no one assumed there's going to be an old school, new school thing happening. No one realized that. But then I'm like, oh, well, let's see what happens if I resurrect this old school survivor shirt in the context of the TV show Survivor, not the cancer Survivor. And yeah, it just took off and people seem to, you know, resonate with whether you're an old school or a new school, you know, fan. And so I've been selling these things online and shipping them to Australia and Canada, where you're both kind of located. And uh, yeah, it's uh, money goes to cancer research, which is really exciting. Uh, rare cancer research, actually. And so, yeah, it's been really fun for me to be able to interact with the like the fan groups and the survivor you know uh, lovers because when I, last time I played there was no social media no. like none of this was happening no podcast no social media facebook instagram twitter nothing so like the only opportunity we had to interact with fans was like a live event uh signing whatever it was you had to meet them in person and so this experience for me overall granted my time on the show sucked (laughs) um but after the show it's been really awesome to like see real time into real time um uh, reactions to what's going on on the on the screen being to personally interact with these people to talk to you know podcasts like yourself to sell the t-shirts uh for charity and like you know there's these cameo things going on now and like live chats with people and zoom scavenger hunts it's so much fun because i love the game of survivor 
I love talking about it. I love talking about myself. <laughs> and I love talking to, talking to people who love the game of Survivor. And so it's really been rewarding for me in that sense to be able to interact with everyone. So I love it. I, re- and, I really love this experience. And it's also great to see kind of like obviously you had that, that great moment on edge with the, the log challenge, but you've sort of continued that on sort of outside of the game and, and sort of these other things. T- tell us just quickly about sort of, you know, the idea behind this and because and you, you're obviously still using these these moments that, uh, you know, you were part of for, for great reasons. And again, as you were saying, interacting with the fans and getting people involved. Yeah, well, I mean, the log challenge, that uh, was brutal. <laughs> that was brutal. Um, for those of you who didn't see it, we were tasked to collect 20 logs on top of a mountain and we had to collect them one log at a time. And I didn't do so well. I had log 16. I like I passed out. I uh, ended up peeing, pissing all over myself, which they didn't show on TV, which I was happy about. But they called in medical and all this junk. And, um, you know, the, the, the beauty in that moment was the other three women I was competing against, Danny, Danny, um, Danny Amber and Natalie, ended up just picking me up and carry me up that last leg of the race, you know, they had already finished and they just wanted to support me. So in this horrible moment, there was this beautiful moment that empathy and compassion transcended the game. And so like that crisis moment for me, I wanted to use in the real world. So we created the log challenge with the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. And so I tried to task all my fans to complete this challenge where it was, uh, you picked it to pick it a log it could be any log it could be this like you know ruler i'm wearing right now and just walk uh, 200 steps with the log do 20 step ups with the log and then do that 20 times and we created a movement and uh raised money and awareness for leukemia and lymphoma society and uh, using themes within the show yeah pretty cool great that's a, that's a fantastic idea and people can they just head to ethanzon.com for more information is there a website directly for the log challenge yeah, it's kind of past, but uh, stay tuned maybe for next year to do the log challenge if we resurrect it again. But uh, yeah, I love uh, I love all that stuff. You know, creative ways to raise awareness for charities out there. Fantastic, fantastic. One thing, Ethan, before I let you go too, I, I've just got to bring this up quickly. We're, of course, doing Australian Survivor archives at the moment, sort of chronicling the history of, of Australian Survivor. And the very first season of Australian Survivor back in 2002, big hype around it. We sort of uh, had a lot of uh, pregame stuff before they aired the first episode. They aired a, a very special audition special where they showed a bunch of people's auditions tapes. It was very funniest home videos, very cheesy. But, of course, <laughs> just before that, had aired you had won africa so you were the 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 brand new winner of survivor you were you were the big name in the survivor world and there was this exclusive and i use air quotes exclusive interview with ethan's on winner of survivor africa uh now you obviously did a lot of media back then i'm sure you probably don't even remember appearing on australian tv in 2002 do you have any memory of being asked to do an australian survivor clip back in 2002 no, no recollection of that moment back in 2002. But yeah, I did a lot of press and I knew it was a popular show in Australia. So it was fun. I mean, I know I remember talking to people there. I actually what, traveled to Australia. I want to say it was 2006-ish and did a whole big tour and met with the koalas with Jenna at the time. That. And yeah, we did some stuff for a car company or something. But yeah, so, uh, Australia has been the huge support system of the show Survivor, the American version, and now you guys have an incredible version. I haven't even finished watching this most recent one, but everyone here in the United States is like up in arms. They think it's like the best season of Survivor ever of all seasons 
all over the world. So congrats to you guys for that. I'm going to send you the clip. I've sent, I sent you a screenshot of it. Uh, this is full on, you know, Ethan with the, the flow pretty much. <laughs> it's great. But um, no, I'm going to, because as I mentioned to you off air, it's, it's so clearly like they've just gotten a producer or someone ask you a couple of questions and they've spliced it together <laughs> with the host. It's so awkwardly put together. But you do actually get asked a question like any advice for Australian Survivor contestants. And you you let you label some, I think you say like be yourself, do this, do that. Like you actually give advice for Australian Survivor players. So I'll send you the clip. It's quite cringeworthy. Yeah, I'm sure you'll love it. Clip. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I can look at myself when I actually had hair. I'm <laughs> happy about that. <laughs> Ethan, mate, it is seriously a pleasure to have you on this show and, and have a chat with you and, and kind of always catch up. Uh, very excited to be able to do this. And just a little personal side thing moving forward, that there is a very slight chance, and this is something that I, I, I just want people to know, that, that you might be involved in my wedding next year. And mm. I'm, I'm so excited for this prospect. So I'm really hoping that, you know, come April next year, that uh, I'll, I'll I'll be getting to meet you in person for the first time and and you'll get to be a part of my special day because you've been a part of my life in a weird way having grown up watching Survivor and sort of, you know, being a fan of yours for quite some time. So it's going to be a unique experience. So I'm looking forward to this, Ethan. I am too. It's going to be an incredible new reality show. It's called uh, SurvivorWeddings.com. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be streaming the whole thing live. Yep. No, I'm just joking. But yeah, no, that I was... Uh, yeah, that could be really exciting. I have known you for for many years in a in a weird survivor thing, but I think it'll be yeah. I did my first wedding for my I got done two weddings and not survivor related at all, but I enjoyed it. And uh yeah, it'll be really fun to be involved in your nuptials. Your first Australian Canadian nuptials, hopefully. And right. maybe your only one. You and keep that reserved for just us. But there there will be food, right? And showers uh, uh, yeah. and all that I'm stuff. Sure there, I'm sure there will be some, yes. Okay, good. All right, Do good. Like then I'm eat. in. Yep, all right, awesome. Peanut Ethan. butter, <laughs> coconut, and fish. And logs. We'll and bring rice. some extra logs and for logs, you just yeah. to uh, scare you into <laughs> scare you into shape. Ethan, mate, pleasure as always. Thank you so much. And uh, I'm sure we will catch up again soon on the Oz Network. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for having me. And, uh, yeah, can't wait to see you at your wedding. And a big pleasure to have Ethan here on the program. Fantastic chat and very excited to potentially have Ethan at my wedding next year. So uh, I'm sure people will see photos of that uh, should that happen. And uh, yeah, very, very exciting times uh, to to have that sort of mentioned on this podcast today. But so much stuff learnt there and just such a great guy. Ethanzon.com is his website. If you want to grab one of those t-shirts, the old school Survivor t-shirts, I'm sure you've seen a lot of the contestants out there wearing them. Social media as well. Hit up Ethan and follow him because he's great to follow on Instagram and Twitter and kind of just see the updates that he posts out there. And uh, yeah, always a pleasure to be able to speak to Ethan. Moving forward, uh, we we have really no plans, as I said, to bring any more Survivor interviews. If they do present themselves, we're, we're not really going to say no, but this isn't like the Survivor Oz days where, as I said in that interview, we're going to chase everyone immediately to get them on the show. Uh, but uh, I guess if there's anyone out there that you maybe would like to hear from uh, desperately, uh, maybe we can make an exception. But uh, we've got plenty of other stuff to keep you entertained here on the Oz Network with everything else, all the other content, of course. Renee Russo month. If you're excited for Ethan's on, you're going to be excited for Renee Russo. Tune into that month. We've got some great Renee Russo movies coming your way with recaps as well. We also have Total Drama Island being covered for those Survivor fans who like the, I guess, animated version of Survivor from many years ago. And still plenty of stuff to come down the line for the Oz Network. We're in a bit of a holding pattern, of course, as the world is really when it comes to movie releases. We had the Eurovision movie 
recently drop on Netflix, of course. Um, so that's a review that will be done if it hasn't already been released at the time of this episode being released. But if you if you are a Survivor fan, you heard me mention it in that interview, of course. Australian Survivor in particular, I'm sure you're all aware of our spin-off show, Australian Survivor Archives. We're chronicling the history of Australian Survivor. We're still in the very first season of Australian Survivor from 2002, where if you want to hear us talk a little bit about Ethan's interview in that one, um, you can go back and listen to one of the very first episodes in the, uh, I think it might have even been episode two of ASA. So it's a fun little clip that I'm sure if you can dig up, it will, uh, yeah, make you smile because it's very awkward, but uh, hilarious. Ben Dark, for those who remember that name in Australian television history, interviewing Ethan Zahn. Never thought it would be a thing. Technically wasn't, but uh, yeah, a lot of fun. Thanks very much again to Ethan for his time and thanks everyone for listening into this episode. Stay tuned to the Oz Network as we bring you more great content and we hope that you continue enjoying the content that we are putting out there. My name is Ben, this has been the Oz Network and we will speak to you next time. Good night. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you next time.